this novel really uh, gets into the weeds of the soul and the conscience, and there's so much metaphor there, and I just, I love, I love that about this, this book, all the metaphor. You know, I've always associated Oscar Wilde with irony, because, you know, and the character of Lord Henry is, is the personification of, of Oscar Wilde's ironic sense of humor. Um, but uh, this novel really takes us to uh, a lot of met metaphorical, uh, on, a, on a heavily metaphorical journey. And, it, and it's, it's beautiful, it's beautifully written. Um, but first of all, let me, let me take you back. I'm gonna take you back a little bit. We'll go through from the beginning. So if, if, if you don't wanna know the ending, just stop watching right now. One, two, three, four, five, okay, done. So anyway, that's done away with. Now I'm free to talk about the ending. So let's go back. Basil paints this, this beautiful picture, beautiful Dorian Gray, this, this young, beautiful man. Um, he's rich, he's handsome. He's clever, kind of sounds like Emma Woodhouse, but whatever. Anyway, so Basil paints this amazing picture of this amazingly beautiful man. Okay. And because I'm not Oscar Wilde, I don't know, amazing is like the only word I know to use. Like, I can't think of a better word than amazing. So anyway, whatever. Okay, so Basil paints this great painting, and Lord Henry is also fascinated by this painting. And Lord Henry, meeting Dorian Gray, he's like, Dorian, you're so young, you're so beautiful, take advantage of it while it lasts, you know, live to the fullest, yield to temptation, just live your life, because, because when you're old and you're ugly and you're withering away and you're wrinkled and all this stuff, like, it's all gonna be over and life is meaningless without youth and beauty. Life is nothing without youth and beauty. So, uh, you know, Dorian takes this to heart and of course, looking at the painting, he makes he makes this pact. Um, so he, he's, he's expressing a wish that that he will never grow old and ugly that he will always stay young and that the painting, in fact, will take on the scars of life, so to speak, for him, in his place. The painting will take it on. The painting will grow old, but Dorian will not. So Dorian actually takes this a lot further than, than where Lord Henry goes with it. I mean, Lord Henry is, is just focused on the youth and beauty part of it. and staying young and staying beautiful. But Dorian, he, he really is a very clever person. And he starts taking these long walks. And we're, we're kind of told his, his thoughts, you know, he describes the, the thought processes that are, that are happening within, um, within Dorian as he's going on these long walks. And we are told we're, we're, what's what's explicit is his visits to the theater where he he meets this actress and he puts her on this pedestal and she's lady divine you know she's everything wonderful and so all that is explicit but of course implicit is that he's he's kind of going to anyway he's 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 traipsing into these these dark corners of London and doing these 
these sinful things and um, yielding to temptation and everything. Um, but, and at the same time, he's not, there are no consequences. Like that doesn't, that doesn't taint his respectability or his beauty or his youth because the portrait is taking all of that. So, but the portrait is hidden away, much like we hide away our true selves. I mean, but you know, there are parts of us that a lot of us kind of keep in, locked away inside. You know, I think a lot of us uh, battle with shame uh, to a great degree, and, and you know, shame has a lot to do with, with conscience. So, and so anyway, so Dorian is leading this, this uh, kind of the best of both worlds for a while. For years, actually, because years go by in, in the book, and it doesn't really seem like it to the reader, but, but actually, Dorian is actually getting older. He's just not looking older. I mean, he's, he's living, what, 20 years later, 10 years later, whatever it is. So he's living the best of both worlds because he gets to do everything that everybody wants to do. And I guess in those days, everybody was wanting to go to the opium den and get high. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound all that appealing to me, but, you know, I guess that's just me. Um, I'd much rather be just reading the picture of Dorian Gray than uh, going to an opium den. <laughs> anyway, so... So he gets to do all this, all this crazy stuff, but at the same time, he's still living this beautiful life. He's this beautiful person living this beautiful life. He's rich and he gets to travel and he gets to do basically everything that he wants to do. And he's hanging out with duchesses and shit. And so it's all good. Now there are rumors. There are rumors about him. There are certain people, a certain duke uh, leaves the room whenever he enters it. Certain people are like, oh, I don't want that Dorian. Something's not right there. <laughs> that guy still looks like he's 20, and I don't know how old he is, but I know he's not really 20, but he still looks it, and I heard some shifty things about this guy. So, but, uh, so Basil actually kind of confronts him about these rumors and Basil comes along. Now Basil is interesting because Basil painted the picture. Basil painted what be, what came to in essence be the the secret Dorian, the real Dorian. Like so Basil heard all these things. He said, Dorian, I don't want to believe this stuff, but this is what I'm hearing and, you know, if this is indeed true, you know, you need to reform, you need to change, you need to stop doing this shit, you know, be a good person. And so I think this is the beginning of what happens to a lot of us when we're confronted with conscience. Um, you know, at least speaking for myself, when I'm confronted with conscience, my conscience is actually, you know, that was really not a good thing to do. Like, you know, you need to do better. Like, I listen to it because I've gotten into the habit of, you know, I just, I listen to my conscience. I'm just like, yeah, I know, you know, I need to like apologize in a tone and never do that again and be a good person.
Dorian didn't really want to do that. <laughs> Dorian was like, no, I'm not gonna listen to you, man. You're such a killjoy. Like, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying my life, man. So, you know, what do you do when you don't want to listen to your conscience and you want to keep doing the stuff that you're doing? Well, you push it away. You ignore it. You, you Well, he literally, you know, <laughs> picked up a knife and he stabbed his conscience. <laughs> he killed the painter, his friend, who had tried to, who tried to make him aware of right and wrong, who tried to point out his wrong, his wrong deeds and say that he was doing wrong and, you know, he killed that guy, but the conscience is still there. And the evidence of the conscience is there through the painting. The painting is not his conscience, but the that the painting is the evidence that the conscience is there. So, so Dorian is like, well, what do I need to do? Like, he keeps going to these parties and, and pretending like everything's okay on the surface, but inside, inside, he can't stop thinking about his conscience. He, he can't get rid of his conscience. He can't stop thinking about the fact that he killed Basil. And even if he, like, he tries to confess it, like, to Lord Henry, and, and of course there's other stuff going on, the Alan Campbell suicide and everything, but I, I won't even, let's just stay on, stay on track. So, so he even tries to tell Lord Henry, but Lord Henry doesn't believe him. He's like, oh, no, murder, that's such a thing that ugly and poor people do, you know. So this is where it gets really interesting, is that Dorian, he... He, he says, how do, I, how do I get rid of this? How do I just stop this, you know? Maybe, what if I just become good? I mean, what if I just, like, try to do the right thing from now on? And I just reform and just stop being wicked. So he, you know, I guess he, he he's tempted to seduce this village girl. And then he's like, no, I'm going to forgo. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deny myself. Because if I deny myself of seducing this village girl, who's so, you know, she's innocent, she's silly, and she doesn't suspect that I'm really wicked, but, you know, it'll be so easy to seduce her because, you know, she's so, you know, she doesn't have a clue. But, no, I'm going to deny myself. No, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to seduce this village girl. I'm going to, like, tell her, no, we can't see each other anymore. I'm going to deny myself because I'm trying to be a good person. I'm going to be good. Well, oh, now that I've denied myself, maybe the portrait is going to be young and beautiful again. Like, maybe it'll be okay. Everything will be okay. So he goes back to see if the portrait is gorgeous again. Uh, it's not. So anyway, so this is the part where I want to start reading to you because I am not a brilliant writer like Oscar Wilde and so I can't tell this story the way Oscar Wilde does. And this, this part of the novel is just especially brilliant. He went in quickly, locking the door behind him, as was his custom, and dragged the purple hanging from, from the portrait. A cry of pain and indignation broke from him. He could see no change, save that in the eyes, 
there was a look of cunning and in the mouth the curved wrinkle of the hypocrite cunning hypocritical that's Dorian trying to be good he's conniving to be good so that he can you know not be haunted anymore by this painting and by Basil the conscience so he's, he's, he, he hasn't become good by just self-denial, by just denying himself of, of sex with the village girl. He's two-faced. He's just, he's a phony. And, and he sees that now. He's aware of that now. The thing was still loathsome. More loathsome, if possible, than before. And the scarlet dew that spotted the hand seemed brighter and more like blood newly spilt. Then he trembled. Had it been merely vanity that had made him do one good thing, or one good deed? Or the desire for a new sensation, as Lord Henry has hinted, had hinted with his mocking laugh? or that passion to act a part that sometimes makes us do things finer than we are ourselves, or perhaps all these. And why was the red stain larger than it had been? It seemed to have crept like a horrible disease over the wrinkled fingers. There was blood on the painted feet, as though the thing had dripped, blood even on the hands that had not held the knife. Confess? Yes. Did it mean that, that he was to confess, to give himself up and be put to death? He laughed. He felt that the idea was monstrous. Besides, even if he did confess, who would believe him? Lord Henry didn't. Um, there was no trace of the murdered man anywhere. Everything belonging to him had been destroyed. He himself had burned what had been below stairs, the, the coat that he hid and everything. The world would simply say that he was mad. They would shut him up if he persisted in his story. Yet it was his duty to confess, to suffer public shame, and to make public atonement. There was a God who called upon men to tell their sins to earth as well as to heaven. Um, nothing that he could do would cleanse him till he had told his own sin. His sin. He shrugged his shoulders. The death of Basil Hallward seemed very little to him. He was thinking of Hetty Merton, for it was an unjust mirror, this mirror of his soul that he was looking at. Vanity, curiosity, hypocrisy, had there been nothing more in his renunciation than that? There had been something more. At least he thought so. But who could tell? No, there had been nothing more. <laughs> Through vanity he had spared her. In hypocrisy he had worn the mask of goodness. For curiosity's sake he had tried the denial of self. He recognized that now. That line... There had been nothing more. Through vanity, he had spared her. In hypocrisy, he had worn the mask of goodness. For curiosity's sake, he had tried the denial of self. 
He recognized that now. But this murder, was it to dog him all his life? Was he always to be burdened by his past? Was he, was he really to confess? Never. There was only one bit of evidence left against him. The picture itself. That was evidence. He would destroy it. Why had he kept it so long? Once it had given him pleasure to watch it changing and growing old. Of late he had felt no such pleasure. It had kept him awake at night. When he had been away, he had been filled with terror, lest other eyes should look upon it. It had brought melancholy across his passions. Its mere memory had marred many moments of joy. It had been like conscience to him. Yes, it had been conscience. He would destroy it. And that's when, of course, he picks up the knife and he stabs the portrait. But the portrait, really it's really him that he's killing. So that's the picture of Dorian Gray.